You know, so I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about suffering in your life. You know, I mean, we all go through times of suffering, and uh, I guess we're supposed to have a smile on our face as Christians as we go through it. But that's really tough, isn't it? Sometimes it's just really hard to smile when you're having a bad day. And for women especially, it's, we, we get to kind of cry and get it all out, and then we can smile about it. For men, you know, you guys have it kind of rough in that area. You have to act like nothing's going on. But anyway, Paul was a guy in the Bible who went through a lot of suffering. You know, do you guys know who Paul was in the Bible? He was the guy that was always in jail. That's how I know Paul. He was the guy always in prison. I mean, the guy was in and out all the time, and it's just, his story amazes me because he suffered so much for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, everywhere he went, he was flogged. Every, Every turn that he took to talk to people, they didn't want to listen to him. It was just always Paul suffering for the gospel of Christ. But in the scripture that I have tonight in your notes, what's interesting to me and always has been, especially when I became a new believer in Jesus Christ, there was, they always talked about Paul and this thorn in his flesh. And I would be like, what is that? And every preacher has a different thing that it was, you know? Like some people say he was handicapped in some kind of way, you know? Some people say that he had a sin in his life that he couldn't get rid of, you know? Or if you want to take it to the extent of addiction, maybe he was an alcoholic, I don't know. But there's always just somebody has a reason or a thing about what Paul's thorn was in his flesh. But the bottom line of that is that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. He could not get rid of it. So he always carried that around, whatever it was. So tonight, I want to talk about how us as people, we carry a thorn around in our flesh. And you know, if we were to get real in this room, and I mean be really real, we would say we're pretty tough people. We like to run our own lives. We like to have control of our own lives. We don't like change very much. And if we want change, we want to be the ones to change it. We don't want someone else changing us. Now, you should all be with me on that. I know you're not sleeping with my message tonight. You're like, wow, how did she know that? But we are, like, we're hard people. We don't like to be changed. We don't like change. We don't like to have to do things that other people want us to do. So I believe, this isn't in the Bible, I just believe that God allows us to go through suffering sometimes, not because he wants us to have to, but because he knows that's the only way we're going to change. Because we will not change on our own every time. We just won't. Now, there's so much argument and debate over all of this suffering thing in Christianity, and I don't want to get into all that because it gets really hairy, but because God doesn't put anything bad on us. You know, God's a good God. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. He doesn't put sickness and disease on us. Sin brings that into the world, and, and we're just in a sinful world, and so things happen for us. I will say this, sometimes, though, we cause our own things to happen. Would you be in agreement with me on that one? And then what we love to do is blame God for it. Why are you doing this? And he's like, I didn't do that, you did it. You took it two steps further than what I took it, and now you're in the mess that you're in. So, you know, but there's all these reasons for why we suffer. And one thing I do know is that we become stronger in Christ if we take that suffering and we allow grace to carry us through it. If we lean on grace and not on our own will and our own ways to make things happen. So that's where I want to start tonight. And I'd like to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And this is Paul talking. And he says, 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Boy, are you getting excited about being a Christian now? I mean, really, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. You know, I just think so much, uh, there's so much in that because as a Christian, when we have to walk through all these hardships and these trials and these persecutions and these things we walk through daily, that's when Christ shows up in a stronger way in our lives. So tonight I put together this acrostic because I love acrostics because you can remember them. Or maybe you can remember them. Grace, the word grace. So the first letter in that is the letter G, and if you want to write this down, it's gift. If you want to fill in the blank on that so that you can remember this this week, because some of you, or most of you, hopefully, that are coming on Wednesday nights are here because either you know someone that needs a healing and deliverance or you need something yourself. We can all use a healing or deliverance in our life, but the gift is grace. That's what the G is. The gift is grace. It's God's grace. And in verse 9, he said, Paul said, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And God's grace is what helps us through our times of suffering. God's grace is what helps us get through the things in our life that are unexplainable. Because there are things that happen and we cannot explain why. When someone we love gets cancer, we can't explain why that happens. When someone we love is in a car accident and they're instantly, they're gone to be with Jesus, we can't explain why that happens. When someone has a child that's born with disabilities, we can't explain why that happens, but what we can explain is that God's grace is a gift and that if we lean into that and we use that, he'll carry us through those times of suffering. And that takes our trust in him to be able to do that. And the second letter tonight in the acrostic grace is repentance. And that you might be thinking, well, how does that fit with this? And I was thinking that too when God gave this to me. I'm like, how does repentance fit with this? Well, during times of sufferings or struggles, as I went into my life and I was talking to my husband about his life and other people we know that are suffering, we thought about how repentance is a time of humility. When you start repenting of your sins or you start forgiving other people of their sins, it puts you in a place of humility with God. And when you get into a place of humility with God, guess what happens? Grace just sweeps right over you. His grace just comes right in and gives you the ability to be able to think in ways you couldn't think before because your heart gets cleaned out. You know, it's like having a room full of clutter. How many of you have rooms full of clutter and don't lie? <laughs> Good. Yes, we have rooms full of clutter. And when you empty that room out, isn't it so bright and shiny and clean and you want to go in there a lot more? Like you just want to go stand in it. It's so nice and smells good and it's clean and that's how God is like when when you get into a place of repentance you're repenting of your sins and you're forgiving other people that space gets cleaned out so his grace can come in and fill it so then all that anxiety and worry that was there with that goes away there's a lady on TBN named Jan Crouch her and her husband started the TBN network anybody anybody know what that is the TV show okay three people wow Anyway, I'm going to tell you the story anyway. Jan Crouch and her husband started TBN. It's been on the air for years and years and years and years and years. She had cancer. And her story, I was listening, listening to her story several months ago. And in her story, she talks about how God asked her to go into a room and start listing all the people that she had unforgiveness toward, all the people that she 
had problems with in her life that she had not forgiven. And as she began to do that, God began to heal her and her body of a lot of pieces to the cancer that were still on her that she was having pain in her body with. And so it's amazing how when we do that, God comes in through the process of humility and he breaks away the pride and he works and he brings healing into our lives. So that brings me to the next letter in our acrostic, which is acceptance. Acceptance. Accepting where you are and what you're suffering with. This is a tough one because we either want to deny that, deny that we're in pain or deny that we have um, something going on in our life that we can't handle on our own or we want to numb it with lots of pain medications, lots of substances or um, things we shouldn't do that numbs the pain for a few moments or for a few hours for us or we just want to run away from it. If it's marital issues that we're suffering with or financial issues, we just want to block it out and we just want to run away. And acceptance and grace means that you accept where you are. You accept that you're in the midst of something, a trial, a testing, a suffering, a time of suffering. You accept it. You say, God, I accept this. I'm taking up my cross here to bear it. I accept where I'm at but I trust you in grace that I'm gonna go grow closer to you in this. And that's what happens. During that time of accepting where you're at and you're suffering, you grow so much closer to God. Because let me, let's face it, folks, most of us, when we get in a time of suffering, all our friends go boom. They can only give us so much and they're like, I can't take anymore, I can't give you anymore. And if it's financial, they definitely can't help us. If it's marital, I mean, they can't. People around us can only do so much. So we learn how to jump into God's grace, and we learn how to lean on that, and then we learn how to accept where we're at with it. In Matthew 10, 38 and 39, I wanted to bring up this scripture because it says, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And that just goes right along with accepting that we are going to suffer, accepting that you have a cross to bear as a Christian, but that the good news is God's grace is going to get you through that time. God's grace is going to help you through the morning. God's grace is going to help you through the difficulties, through the fights, through the financial problems. So I have a friend of mine here tonight that's been walking through cancer, and I want her to come up here tonight and just give a couple of minutes of her story of how she's been able to accept where she's at, and walk through this with Christ. This is Ashley. Thank you, Pastor Angela. My name's Ashley, and back in August of 2016, I found out that I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called neuroendocrine carcinoma. Never heard of it before they told me I had it. And I don't want to focus on the negative things. I want to focus on the positive things because it's been God's grace that's gotten me through it. There's been many times when I didn't have strength and I didn't have, you can't cry. <laughs> it's my husband. It's been an emotional journey. And there's been times when I didn't have the strength and I couldn't. I couldn't even get up out of bed by myself. Walking up these stairs is something that shows God's strength because this I couldn't do before. And so you're witnessing 
a miracle right in front of you. <laughs> and there's a scripture that I want to tell you guys in Romans 8:28, and it says that we know for all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And I knew my purpose wasn't cancer. I knew my purpose was something bigger. I knew my purpose was speaking to you guys. My purpose was sharing my story and my experiences. And so I know that this journey for me is a testament of God's grace because it's been his grace that has helped my husband and I financially. It's been his grace and his strength that's gotten me through it. And there's a song that I believe it's by Nicole Nordman that says, how did I forget that you've been the king of the world? I try to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. And so in those moments when I think that I can do it all on my own, God simply speaks to me, trust me. Do you not trust me with your life? And so he's given me grace. He's given me strength. And I know that my purpose is not cancer. My purpose is more than that. I'm not cancer, that's not who I am. So I wanna say regardless of what struggle you're dealing with, what addiction you're dealing with, whatever it may be, you may think that life is over, but life is not over. You have a purpose, you have a reason for being here and God wants to use you. You just have to allow him to give you that grace to walk you through it. Ashley accepted the fact that she was stuck somewhere for a moment in suffering. When I met, when, when they were helping with our outreaches, we were out in the community on Saturdays. We were doing these big outreaches. We'd be in the sun and the heat all day long helping people out in the community. Her and her husband would be there. And I remember when she got the news that she had cancer. And when she was told that she had cancer, she didn't run away and go, no, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. I'm mad at God. No, she said, I have cancer, but in God's, in Jesus' name, I'm going to be healed. In Jesus' name, I'm going to get through this. And you know, one of the hardest things to tell you guys as a, as a pastor preaching this message is to say that for everyone, it's going to be different. Every one of us, our sufferings are going to be different. And the time period that we're going to be within a trial or a testing is going to be different for everyone. Not one person that I've ever met is their story exactly the same. But if they walked with Jesus Christ the whole way through, there's always been grace there. And there's always been mercies. And there's always been love coming out of them after they make it onto the other side. And that's where I want to come to the next letter in our acrostic tonight, which is the C of grace, which is change. And in, in our scriptures that we read earlier in verse 10, Paul said, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in the insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. And that's what Ashley has been literally through this whole process. Mindy Ricky, y'all have heard her story. The same thing with her. Change is always going to happen during our times of suffering, and you can expect that. But we should be changing for the better during our times of suffering. You know, I was thinking about the times that I've suffered in my life and the things that I've walked through, and I thought about how any time I've ever been in a financial difficulty and I've suffered in that, what happens is when I come out of that, I treat my finances differently, don't you? Like if you needed money, needed money, needed money, needed money, and then you get money, all of a sudden you're like, I got to save my money. 
You know, or you're like, I got to give my money to God because, like, you didn't give your money to God. You didn't give your money to God. You didn't give your money. You had a problem with it. You fought it. Then all of a sudden you start tithing, and boom, you see prosperity coming in, and you're like, I got to give my tithe. I got to give my tithe. You know, I mean, that's how it works. Or you go to the doctor. You're having health issues. You know, you got clogged arteries or carotid arteries or your heart's having problems or issues, and the doctor says, you know, if you don't lose weight, you're going to die. Do you go out of there and keep eating the same donuts you were eating absolutely not man you start eating broccoli you start going to the gym so suffering and hardships brings change to us and it should it should change us for the better when we walk through these these sufferings in our lives and the last thing that I wanted to talk about well before I go there is also with family members I want to talk about family for a minute because we all have families and some of us, a lot of us in this room, have families that are either lost or our families are broken or we're in the midst of sufferings and difficulties with family members and them accepting us or us accepting them. And I'll just tell you this, when your family goes through a hardship or a trial of any kind, be encouraged. Because when you come out of that, the change that's going to happen is that you're going to love your family even more. Those of you that bond together and pull together, and when you reach out to family and you hold on to family, you're going to be even closer when you come out of the sufferings and the trials than you were before you went into it. So the last letter tonight in our acrostic is the E for expectancy. Expectancy. After we walk through the trials or the sufferings, after we've been through something, when we come out of it, we expect God to do it again, don't we? I mean, have you ever come out of something where you prayed and you prayed and you prayed? Maybe it was for a job. Maybe it was for a test you had to take. Maybe it was for you to pay your light bill. Maybe it was for you to have gas in your car. I know I've prayed for, for gas to stay in my car enough to get from point A to B because I forget to fill that tank up sometimes. I know, it's crazy. I rely on my husband for that. And he says, why? Why do you do that? But, you know, you pray these little prayers and you expect God to do it and when he comes through when he gets you through that time that trial that suffering we should expect then for him to do it again and we should take that expectancy and use it to power us and empower us to pray for other people to have faith for them for them to get through cancer for them to get through a family issue for them to get out of financial debt and into prosperity. You see, that's what expectancy is, and that is part of grace, and God gives that to us. And there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 that I love because there's so much confidence just in the scripture when you read it. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, with confidence in us, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We go to him in confidence when we're in suffering, when we're in trials, when we're in testing, and we expect him to show up with his grace. And I'm going to ask David now to come up tonight. He's going to share a story with us here at the end about his expectancy and his situation of overcoming cancer as well and what happened for him. Well, uh, the news that I got was not news that anyone wants to hear. It's not a road that I would have chosen. But looking back, it changed my life forever. Um, I found myself in a place where the doctors, my brother's a doctor at Emory University Hospital, and they were telling me that it wasn't, I wasn't going to make it. And um, 
So they put me in this room, and um, in 2006, I think they don't have this anymore, but they hold you up, and they bend you over, and they run these needles about this long into your back. And what they're doing is they're running dye into your back to follow the, um, the cancer to see where, where, how, how much it's spread. And I just, I just remember knowing that in my deepest, my deepest place, God was there. In the deepest part of your life, whatever you're going through, if you'll reach out and you'll call on him, he'll be there. He always comes every single time. He always comes. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to, but he always does. God healed me of cancer. It's a long story, and I'm not going to cover it tonight, but I give him all the glory. He brought me peace in my deepest fear. How many of you have had some deep fear? When your pain is very deep, that's when he wants you to thank him. He had me singing songs. I didn't want to sing. He had me singing to him. He just wants me to trust him. And he wants you to trust him right where you're at. In the middle of your deepest regret, in the middle of losing the fight, I I was losing the fight. He showed up. When peace came in those painful moments, I realized at that moment that I don't have to worry about a thing. I don't have to worry about a thing. Just as Angela was talking about, just sweep over you and and he brings this, this peace that comes in the middle of this dark place. And as you walk through this suffering, two things happened for me. It changed my life because I committed my life to him. You know, I was going to work, home to work, home to work, home to work, and I would give God 20 minutes on Sunday. And uh, I lived that way for a long time. And when this came in my life, I got serious. I made a covenant with him. I told him, if you'll heal my body, I'll serve you. I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And um, my life has never been the same since. So I, I thank him for those, those terrible times, but it's an opportunity for him to show up and show out. Amen? I just, I just want to tell you that there's a king in the room right now, and he has fire in his eyes. And he has healing in his heart. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you need, he's here. He's in this room. The woman at the well, she was the only one that got healed. Jesus' presence was there. People were all around Jesus, and the presence was there. But she reached for him, and she found healing. Amen?
so one of the things that David shares is usually in his story is that when he went through the time of hearing that he had cancer and having to go through all the testing, he would go into a room alone with God and he would listen to praise and worship music. And in the praise and worship music, he would sing songs and he would praise the Lord in the midst of suffering. Now, I have tried that. It's very hard to do. So I don't want you guys to say, well, she stands up there with a smile and I got a back pain and I can't do that. Well, let me tell you, I get pain in my body too. I have things that come to me and I know that it's hard. And I just want to say that tonight. I don't want to stand up here and smile and act like we don't have serious. When, when body pain comes and it hits you, even a headache. Tonight I had a headache before I got here. And to smile and to say, I have a headache. You know, that's not how you do it. You're like, I have a headache. So I, I get body pain is real, isn't it? Suffering is real. When a bill comes in the mail and you don't have the money in your bank account to pay that bill, that's real, isn't it? When your children are hurting or in pain, that's reality. Or when you take them to a doctor and they're diagnosed with something, that's real. But the thing is, God is real too. And going into praise and worship or going into a place where it's said in Hebrews, where we approach his throne with confidence and we speak of his grace, he gives it to us in that moment. He gives us the grace to endure things. He makes us strong when we're weak, but we have to call on him for that. You know, it's like we can't sit and think about it. We can't think, well, I might call on him or maybe I should call on him. We actually have to physically call on his name and say, God, I need you. For me, sometimes it's lifting my hands in surrender, in a room by myself, or in my car on the way to work, or somewhere private, even in a restroom I've done it before if I've been in pain, and just cried out and said, God, I need you right now. I need your grace. It's not that we have to pray this big, long prayer. We have this prayer of serenity that we pray at Celebrate Recovery, and it always says in that prayer to accept the things that I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's always talking about accepting hard. It's in the prayer, it says, we accept hardships as a pathway to peace, taken as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. It's sim simple prayers like that. It's simply calling out to God, saying, I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you to heal me. I need you to help my child. I need you. I can't do this. I'm suffering, and he's there for us. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up here tonight. And I've been looking forward to sharing this song with you guys all week. And because I can't sing, and you would suffer to hear my voice, I asked them to sing it for you. And it's just a special song because it's been in my heart for probably the past month. And if any of you have been through anything, you're going to relate to the words of this song. But my thoughts were this tonight as I was preparing this week for this, uh, for this service, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just all get up out of our seats tonight and if you can walk to the front, if you can make it here to the front, to come down and just kneel at the altar and this be a night for you where we don't have a prayer team up here. I mean, we can always pray for you if you feel you need that. But I believe that we all need an opportunity to approach the throne of grace on our own. We need an opportunity to, to get down on our knees, or if you can't get down on your knees, to stand at the altar and just talk to God tonight and, and tell him because he already knows where you're at. He knows what you're suffering with. 
but just asking him to come in and to make a way in your situation where there doesn't seem to be a way. And I'll tell you this, even if it's something that you've caused yourself, if you've, you know, if you've made it, if you've caused the sin in your life that's happening right now and that's why you're where you are, guess what? God's grace can still come right in and help you through this and get you out of it, okay?